love our theme song, dude. So good. Didn't you make that for like $5 as well? Yeah, uh, I used uh, Fiverr. But, yeah, it gets me going every time. Every time I hear it before we start recording, it just gets, me, gets the juices flowing. That goes to show you guys that um, you can make yourself seem like a professional with a little to no money or experience. I'll definitely notice that more now, not saying that people are fake, but I'll see a business or someone's website or something and look really close and kind of read their bio and be like, this is literally just someone who has no experience and they have like a professional like real estate website or something like that and they own like two properties well also well another thing is like when you see people who have like shitty websites because you go you go on like a crappily designed website and you're like all right i'm gonna leave this website now because you, you just don't trust it people people like professionals what was interesting was uh, one time, uh, well, you know this, we talked about it. We were looking up designs or something. I don't know how we came across this, but there was a website that this girl had made for like how to carve pumpkins or whatever, <laughs> but it was made in like 2002 and it was like one of those type of websites that was so old that you didn't even understand how it existed. But you want to know the crazy thing, and this kind of can go into uh, how easy it is to be successful, is I did some research on this lady, and she had like 200,000 followers on Facebook and was making a lot of money. And it's not even that it was a business. It was legitimately just something she did during Halloween time. So let's say give her a month on both ends of Halloween. Well, not even both ends because you don't do anything after the, the holidays happened. So a month before, so two months. Let's do September and October. She works in, on this and she probably makes enough money to hold her off for the entire year. That's crazy for carving pumpkins. So for any of you that think your skill is invaluable, all you have to do is find the people to market it to. You just got to be able to carve every, some pumpkins. If you find 200,000 of them, Right, if you find 200,000 of them to each give you $1. And I'm not saying I'm not saying rip people off. I think that one thing people also think is uh, when we're talking about money and people and things like that, it sounds kind of scammy because it's like, how do we calculate the amount of people we need to get the money? But that's not true. I'm not saying that she doesn't provide them value. I'm sure for every family that paid her a dollar or $5 for some sort of a stencil to carve a pumpkin into it was well worth the money they paid but regardless if every one of her followers paid her one dollar she would have more money than some doctors so there you go yeah no interesting yeah it's it's crazy it's like this is a couple of months ago it's like when we talked about a uh, bagged air someone selling bagged air and okay there's a market for it <laughs> that is true. Oh, we did talk about that. I remember. They said that where were where were the, who where were they selling it at? No, it wasn't even okay. It wasn't that they were selling it to like places with horrible air, which they probably were as well. The, it was more that the location they got the air from wasn't it in Canada, like the Canadian mountains or something? Yeah, well, like they would go to like very nice places, like most of the time, like forests, like mountains, like. The Colorado mountains. And then they said a, a good chunk of their buyers were in China just because all the pollution there. It's, it's crazy. It's kind of crazy stuff, yeah. Uh, Mason and I did it. We did an interview today. And that was, that was cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, the guy was... He, he called it a radio show, but was it? It was like a podcast, right? Yeah. He set it up. Radio. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it went well. It's something that we're going to start doing more, especially now that we're using Anchor, which makes it so easy to just link in somebody else. We'll definitely start bringing on more guests. I'm sure people get bored of hearing our opinions. 
Probably not, but still, yeah, just to get a, a, a new look. Crazy opinions. Yeah, we have yeah. some great opinions. But just to get a different view. I mean, one, they could be, whoever we're talking to could have a completely new and interesting view on whatever we're talking about. Or two, they could be not educated, and then it's you get to see the process of like the transformation of of how what we say and talk about impacts them and maybe changes their perspective. And then, so some of you who may listen that aren't fully believers yet, well, then maybe that'll help you figure out how to switch sides, flip that switch. It's not even flipping sides. There's only one side. People are just not playing the game. It's not, it's, there's not two different paths. There's one path. Some people are just sitting at the start line while some people are walking to the finish line. That's the difference. That's what's going on there. Yeah, and well, something I'm excited about about having other people come on is, I don't know, we'll probably have to put something up in the Facebook group, just asking people what kind of people they'd like to listen to. So we could have more people who talk about stuff like we talk about, or we could just do someone who does something completely different and just ask them about what they do. So like someone... A, a physical therapist or something, yeah. I mean, I'm a weirdo, so to me, what interests me more is bringing on some sort of expert in a field, and then I get to learn all about that entire field, whereas some people maybe don't find like new things that interesting and would rather just have someone communicate about the same principles and just reinforcing the same ideas, which is awesome. You, know, I mean, you can still push your ideas further, but to me, I enjoy learning about just completely new things that I've never heard about before. Blows yeah, my and, mind. Well, and if one of our listeners are into it, are into that specific thing of that guest, now they've, now we've somewhat connected them. Right. I mean, think about how, I mean, that's why I think podcasting has changed the world because think about how hard it was to learn about something in the past. Let's let's go before the internet even. No internet. You had to go to the library and maybe your library had a book on the topic that you're interested in, but but did they though? Did they even? Think about all the books nowadays where they're like modern books on business and on lifestyle and just new age books. Did those exist back in the day or was it all just old raggedy hard copy books from uh that were just old that the library got their hands on like i guess they had barnes and nobles and things like that so you were able to get some new books yeah but not not everyone's like a reader like that's right. what's crazy about the can... internet and all that now you can just watch a 10 minute video and someone who's good at teaching you can learn a whole bunch in 10 minutes Right. I think there's, I think that not talking shit on books, but the point of the book is to have like a lot of pages, obviously. It's not going to be a one page book or people aren't going to buy it. But in a video, you know, these people can pull out the things you actually need to know and tell you how it is. Not, not you reading this book and having to interpret it in your own head and figure out how it works, these guys are legitimately showing you how to do it. We're talking about some common sense stuff here, but I guess some, some people might not know, and especially if you're older, if you're in your 40s or 50s, you may not realize the opportunity that's presented here and how easy it is to learn nowadays. Yeah. So ultimately, we're going to start bring more people onto the show since now we have much easier access to do it and we'll do a little bit about people who think like us maybe people who disagree with us completely that'd be cool that'd be fun and then experts in their fields yeah we'll start that pretty soon here what are we going to talk about today i think there's some big things that have happened uh we should talk about USC for a minute. Yeah, that's a you huge know, scandal. You want to start us off with that, Nick? 
Yeah, I'm a little upset. Aunt Becky might go to jail. That who might? Aunt Becky from Full House. Oh, <laughs> I heard about that. Oh, That's did you funny. not know that? <laughs> she was oh, I never really people. watched Full House, but... That's interesting. Did you not have a child? But anyways, I mean, the facts are simply this guy, William Singer, had a consultant company that would help people prepare for college and get all their applications together and stuff. And that's a real thing if you guys didn't know. But anyways, what he would do was he would take money from these people and pay off administrators in these schools, one, Two, he would doctor up fake uh, test scores or the SAT and uh, ACT and whatever. And then he would, oh, here's one that's interesting that people might not know about. So obviously athletes get into college easier than people that are simply there for the brain and they get relaxed academic standards. So what he would do would be paying off coaches to give these students a slot on like a sports team or whatever, except they wouldn't play, but they would get that, that, that slot that required less uh, intelligence to get accepted into the school. So I think they said he made up to $25 million. Here's my thing. And this is where we start to disagree and pull this apart is What's illegal here is the fact that he was paying off administrators directly. So, so technically, it's understandable that by the rules of the law, that's illegal to pay people off first. It's bribery. But at the same time, what really is college in the first place? People are paying money to go to school. Like if a school want if it's a private institution let's say that if it's not public if it's a private institution and they they want to hand select who they let in the school and they want to you know up the prices like let's say they well let's say they just it was a full-on auction uh here's the slots we have goes to the highest bidder would that be illegal for a private school i don't know i guess i guess they're to be considered a college i'm sure there's some sort of federal standard like, if you're going to be a college, you know what I mean? Like, test scores. You're bringing, in, you're bringing in the fact that the government has their hand in everything, so they probably have some sort of uh, government oversight rules that, um, even though they're a private business, the rules that they have to follow. That makes sense. That's probably true. Well, you've heard of... Well, everyone's heard of this. Like, people would, do, people would donate money, and then they get... Uh, they donate money to get like a new library built, and then next thing you know, their kids in the school, you know stuff like that. I don't know. I feel like that you hear about that all that time. They donate money. Well, that's to the my school. point exactly. That's my point exactly. Is 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 that wrong? We 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 know. I mean, we know that legacy programs exist. It is one hundred percent. It's it's not even illegal. Like if your parent went to an institution, you were more likely to get in because it's a legacy program, because uh, colleges make their money off of, a big part off of donations from um, alumni. I know Harvard has, what is it, $9 billion in their little slush fund, which is completely legal. And uh, fun fact, they did some investing in some South American farming techniques with that trust fund or that slush fund, whatever you want to call it. And it totally went sideways and they lost some like $500 million or something crazy like that. But the point is, is it's, it's all about money. It really is. So now we're really, let's just come out and be honest here. The real issue here is simply that the, the, the story broke and some students that got denied entrance to this school or are now using this as a way to complain. Which doesn't mean that it's any less illegal, but let's be honest, this... Well, they do somewhat have an argument, but how do you, like... Unless the school had, like, a list of people, like, you were next in line, but we took this one person, 
there's really no no case and how do you prove how many people did it and how many people were affected by it right i mean they have there was i already read that there was a couple students that got denied to stanford that are basically suing the 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 school for not letting them enter. Like, what? how are you going to determine that you were the one that, maybe you just are dumb and you couldn't get in? I don't know. Well, yeah. Well, like, if I applied to Stanford and this came up, could could I see my grades were terrible? So. Right. Your grades were terrible. Could I theoretically? <laughs> but listen to this, though. So, really, to kind of caveat off this whole conversation, just to put it in perspective, think about what's going on here. So there's people paying off the school for entrance. I'm not saying USC is not a good school. It's a good school, but like, it's not the best school. Why are people paying off uh, people to get their kids into this school? If it's not about the academics, what it is, is it's a social networking location. That's what colleges really are. I don't want to burst your bubble, but a solid state school or, or UC is just as good academically as an Ivy League. I'm just going to go out and say it. It's, it's a fact. It's, you can only, uh, a doctor that is a professor of a subject can only be so good. They're, they're all good. They're all going to teach you the same stuff. Really what delineates the difference between these colleges is just the networking that you get, the social networking, the people that you know, the connections. And that's why people go to Harvard and go to these Ivy Leagues is so that because they know people. And that's why you'll see people coming out of these Ivy Leagues that are more successful is because it's not that the college turned them into a successful person. It's that they were already a high-functioning individual and then chose to go to these top-tier schools. That's what it is. If, you, if you're a high-functioning individual, but you just don't have the money or the connections to get into a top-tier school, just go to any school that will help you advance your, your mind and your goals, and it'll work the same, 100%. I mean, you, the only thing you'll be lacking is maybe those uh, legacy connections of the top-tier connections that run the world can have, right? Yeah, well, that's... You've heard a lot of, like, billionaires and millionaires say that, like, the most important thing about college was the connections you make. Because when it comes to the degree, the... the a To make it simpler, a geology degree at a smaller four-year and a geology degree at Harvard, you learn the same stuff. The, st the standards are the same. And if you want to take it to the next step, if you get a, a degree in painting from Harvard, it's worth 10 times more than you getting a degree in economics from a state school, you know? It's all about the name. It's all about where'd you go, who do you know. It's a, there, there's no, it, what you learn has nothing to do with it. What, what people need to stop doing is stop feeding into this fabricated social value system that is just inherent throughout life. Like, it exists. Society has created a system where going like to a prestigious college gives you the degree and it has a name and yada, 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 you got uh, the connections and whatnot, but at the, but what, what, which is fine if you get into one of those and you want, and you have those extra uh, connections and that clout, but if you don't have the money to do so, you don't have the grades to get in, whatever it is, that doesn't mean you should be giving up on your goals. You're just as capable of, of as, of acquiring the skills necessary to be successful in another place. That's kind of the point here is you can do anything and you can achieve any goal from anywhere. The information is available. You can, you can learn anything you need from pretty much any source now on the internet. It's, it's easy. It's too easy. It's too easy. No longer are the days where you have to go to the library of Alexandria to get your, your book on, uh, 
whatever they read in the Library of Alexandria. You know, now you can just Google it. Yeah, uh, the way you can learn new skills and all that is just, it's way easier than it's ever been. And it's only going to get easier, in my opinion, the way technology advances. So if you're out there trying to learn new skills and all that and worried about school, if you want to go to school, go to school. I, Other than connections, the differences between schools is just the money, in my opinion. That's the only difference. But there's tons of ways to learn and there's ways to improve yourself. And one of one of which is microdosing with shrooms. We'll lead it yeah, into so our next topic. Yeah. Was that uh, a good transition this time? It was, it was better. You, you want to start us off with this? Yeah. So something that just was interesting to me, and I ended up finding a bunch of articles about it, and that's why we're going to talk about it today, is using natural things to stimulate your mind. And then it, as I went down the rabbit hole, what became apparent was they were really pushing these psychedelic drugs. And kind of the angle I'm taking this at today is trying to break the stigma of for this drugs, but in reality, it's just the stigma for anything, you know? But we'll start off by just talking a little bit about it. So, LSD, shrooms, ecstasy, uh, and then obviously marijuana. So, I started off by reading this article about Colorado and how their school nurses can prescribe marijuana to students that are sick. And at first, even me, I even took a step back. I was like, what? School nurses are giving out weed? Like, is that okay? And I caught myself and was thinking, we already know that marijuana is not as bad as painkillers. We already know that marijuana is more effective. We already know all of these things. Why am I still getting thrown off by the stigma that marijuana is illegal? It's probably way healthier for these kids to... And it, once again, it was, she wasn't like giving them tokes off a bong. She was giving them a couple of CBD, CBD oil pills. No, but for real. So why, why am I taking a step back and getting nervous about hearing uh, little kids being fed CBD oil pills, but not when little kids are getting fed uh, ibuprofen or Tylenol or whatever? You know? Well, yeah, well... Well, a lot of the drugs that kids get and, well, anyone gets, is a lot of them just unnatural to take. It's not, it makes more sense to give them something natural that has no harm as we know right now. I know I did some study on it. Can't really find much saying it's harmful. But I think that's a way better alternative than some of the drugs that are out there right now that you see in commercials while you're watching TV that have like thousands of side effects, including death, you know? <laughs> These drugs are crazy. So, so my understanding of the way painkillers work is you start taking painkillers and yeah, you don't feel your pain, but what they do is actually make you your, your nerves more receptive to pain. So, yes, you're not feeling pain because it's such a strong, um, the opiates are so strong that you're not feeling pain, but you're also, your nerves are getting more, uh, like, can, can feel more pain. So then when you stop taking them, you're in more pain than when you even started. And then at the same time, what people will do then is they start taking antidepressants along with their uh, pain meds as like a twofold to deal with the problem they just created by being addicted to pain meds and then that's when you die is when you're addicted to pain meds and then antidepressants at the same time and this this, this is there's cases about it 
every day, all day, every anywhere you look, is people dying from being addicted to opiates on top of some sort of antidepressant. And I don't understand how that is even allowed at this point. I mean, I don't know one person that hasn't thrown out their pain meds after taking it for a couple of days because it's that sketchy of a thing. Like, well, well uh, my dad broke his, or he fractured his spine, like something like that. And they gave him pain meds and he's like, after the first day, he's like, don't do that again. That was too much. Like that was, he just didn't, one, he didn't enjoy it. And two, it's, it's just so powerful. And you get dependent on the drug. And another thing that people get dependent on is antidepre- antidepressants. A lot of people don't think that just because, oh, it's it's not an addictive drug, but your body starts to become dependent on it. You start taking it every day, and you hear people say, like, oh, it's numbing. But you take that every day, and now your body's going to start depending on it when most of the time there's underlying issues that can be solved without it. Right. So here's the thing with antidepressants, in my opinion, is that I understand there's a claim that some people's brains just don't function properly and they are lacking uh, dopamine or whatnot. I mean, understood. Sure. What percentage of people is that? What percentage of depressed people is that? I don't know. I'm not even going to guess. But the rest of everyone, you're depressed because of some sort of event that happened to you. Something happened to you. Something about your lifestyle. It could be serious. It could be that someone you love died. Understood. But it's still a part of your life. And that's why you're depressed. And if you're just taking a substance that artificially makes you happy, so is your goal to never stop taking them ever in your life? Like at some point, you're going to have to learn how to make yourself happy without being on them. And it would go if you start talking about dopamine, it's just straight human nature. People are made to overcome obstacles, adapt, and achieve things. And in the past, and I'm, when I say the past, I mean just caveman times, I guess. Like, you were constantly working to survive. And then finally, once you were able to create a secure lifestyle for yourself, like, you lived the, the rest of the couple of years that you were still alive in peace. But nowadays, we're born into uh, a safe space. We're born into not having these normal human functions of survival being used. And then people are wondering why they're not having proper dopamine functions. You know, like you got to be achieving something. you got to constantly be working towards a goal. That's why people who play sports, you know, you know, operate a little differently than people that don't. It's, it's, it's about moving yourself forward and, you know, challenging yourself. And I can guarantee you that any person that's ever worked their ass off to be successful once they get to the top, they don't just stop. They don't just sit there and sit on their couch and watch TV all day because they already they, they, don't, they don't have to. Like that's not the goal of successful people. The goal of successful people isn't to be successful so that they don't have to do anything because they enjoy working for success. That's how it works. Well, yeah. Well, that's why you see Elon Musk. Uh, we bring him up all the time, or Jeff Bezos, or any sick successful person that people hear about what are they always doing they're always working they don't have to they have enough money to just stop it's because they they are enjoying what they do they make lots of money for it a little bit about we'll talk a little bit about the shrooms and lsd because we didn't really mention it too much uh this is more the controversial side of it Somewhat. It is, but so people, especially in Silicon Valley, they are using LSD and shrooms, microdosing, to help their brain function. So basically, shrooms increase your creativeness, your uh, focus, your uh, ability to work hard. It's basically like Adderall. And then LSD slows the blood flow to your mind-wandering part of your brain, the the part of your brain that damages focus. 
So it's basically LSD and shrooms combination and any uh, microdosing. You're not getting high. You're not hallucinating, but they're acting like Adderall. And this is my point is one, wow, that's crazy. And two, when you have drugs like these illegal, people are still going to be looking for that effect. They're going to still be looking to get in the zone. And then you have all these uh, successful people all hopped up on Adderall and uh, Vyvanse or whatever it is and to be focused. So why are we having people do take things that are legal but unhealthy when there's literally a healthy option right here? A healthy, a healthy shroom sandwich. <laughs> no, but for real, you get what I'm saying? Like, that's what bothers me is is when you have these drugs illegal, what bothers me more than the fact they're illegal is the fact that there's people taking things that are extremely unhealthy for you and dangerous to get the same function that they would get. Like, I hate seeing people in the military using cocaine or even alcohol, which that's what people in the military use. I hate seeing them drink themselves to death when there's things like weed readily available. You know? Why is there just this horrible culture of drinking and tobacco use in the military when they could simply, when there's options available that would be much more helpful for them too? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you, have, do you have something to say about that? Well, so the thing about the military, uh, like PTSD and all that. Right. So what you're, I guess, somewhat implying is that you think it'd be better to have these people take other other drugs, or so so like a lot of people who who have PTSD, a lot of them get prescribed medications and all that. Would you say that it's more valuable to take something more natural? I'm just saying if weed was legal, which in the Canadian military it's legal, and PTSD uh, pe- uh, sol- pe- soldiers with PTSD or soldiers have a bad family life or whatever it is, domestic issues, they came home and smoked a joint went to bed, you know, instead of coming home, drinking 14 beers, like, screaming at their wife, and then going to sleep, like, I, I don't know, I just feel like the cult, like, it would be, everyone would be happier, everyone would be more healthy, everyone would be safer, I don't know, I don't know, like, so here's my thing, I don't know if there's some scientist in some lab in the Pentagon that's saying, well, then all our soldiers would be, like, become pacifists, and we wouldn't have much. It may, it may be, may be possible, but up front, just seeing the damage that alcohol does, and then also seeing, then you see people in the military who are like doing cocaine on the weekends and stuff because it stays gets out of your system quick. Someone once told me that weed is like God cursed weed because it's the the drug that is the most healthy for you and has the most benefits but it's the one that stays in your system the longest. Like he, <laughs> so he, so he just cursed people with that. One of the things I have a problem when it comes to military PTSD or anything in the military really, where there's these other solutions where some are illegal or just not, I just have a bad stigma to, to them. And instead they're giving them these pretty hard drugs I'd say legitimately changing their body changing the like adding extra chemicals to to your brain it just I feel like that messes people up more than weed or CBD it does and I I even went so far as to watch this uh, video of a military veteran Uh, this is I think in Britain or something I'm not sure where it was but he needed to go in did he have an accent? It probably wasn't good. 
but anyways <laughs> he had like stage four cancer like he was gone like he was about to die like yeah, like he was about to die but he was still getting treatment right so he would go to this treatment facility and have to stay there for like a couple days like whenever he was getting treatment and he would go outside smoke some weed and then come back into his uh his room and one of the nurses called the cops and said, this man's got weed inside of our facility, which is illegal. And these cops came and like trashed his room looking for this fucking weed. And he like wasn't even denying. He said, hey, like I smoke weed, like I have stage four cancer. And I go outside and I smoke weed. Then I come back in here and do what I got to do. And these cops were literally, they didn't take him to jail because they couldn't find his marijuana because he told them like it's outside like I smoke it out there but they were about they they, they said if they they would have cited him uh if they found it so one on a human level fuck that nurse but second what what's going on here like <laughs> this man is about to die and we're 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 making it highly illegal we can sh we can pump him full of radioactive material but we can't let him smoke some marijuana well I, I don't know how long ago that was especially with all the research that there is nowadays just even when it comes to to it, it helps with nausea and uh, lack of appetite on that's just it on a basic level but then all the TED talks and studies that they've done on CBD alone on how how helpful it could be. It's crazy that, like, socially we're moving towards, and I guess in a legal way, we're moving closer towards it being more accepted. More states are legal. Well, check this one out. So, we all know how bad PTSD is, and they've done some clinical trials with uh, ecstasy, MDMA, and 68% of the people treated with it were cured of PTSD. So, that's huge if you don't know about PTSD. That is incredible. And the fact that it's not a... So, so like, how much MDA... Do you know how much MDMA they're giving them? No, I'm not sure the actual... The, the, I'm not sure the dosage. But here's the point. People suffer severely from PTSD. And even people who can somewhat control it on their own, they're still affected. This is saying 68% of people are cured from the issues they get from PTSD uh, when using MDMA. How is that not How is that not a standard practice right now? I mean, it, it's, it's just big pharma. It's, it just really is. It's got to be. I mean, I'm not here to, to point fingers and be like big business, big business, but it's got to be contracts that are between you know, drug companies currently and the military for, you know, we'll, we'll, we promise to buy your drug for the next 10 years or whatnot. Well, that's how a lot of it works. Is they they work with hospitals and that's, that's why at one hospital you can get this, at the other hospital you get this. It just depends on basically what they, what they have and who they're it's just with. It's just wild to me. You know, side effects of Adderall right here, kidney failure, you know, rhabdomyolosis. I said that totally wrong, but that's that's another one. And you have these people, like, you have kids in colleges taking Adderall, like candy, to do better, which, to me, I'm like, all right, how much are you outperforming your peers because you're just hyped up on Adderall? It's kind of unfair but at the same time I mean the, my point is simply how bad it is for you but but there it is like wh what if if we did some mainstream hardcore studies which I'm pretty sure the studies already done are good enough but enough to where the FDA can be convinced or paid off that LSD and shrooms actually do improve cognitive function and work the same as Adderall. How come a big pharma business can't create some sort of like pill 
that has like proper dosing and are selling LSD and shrooms to people to microdose. And well, they can't because it's illegal. It, it's a felony to have, and that. Right. No, I understand. You get, but my point is after, like, why are we not moving through this process faster? I mean, yeah, that, my whole point of this whole topic here, I told you in the beginning, let's talk about stigmas. Let's talk about, you know, go ask anyone. Go ask your grandma about shrooms or LSD, and she's probably going to say, like, oh, my God, what? But when you just look at the facts, it's crazy. It's crazy how big of a fact or how big of an impact just image has on things, whether it's how much better Harvard is than UC Irvine or how much uh, better Adderall is than shrooms. People will say that shrooms are horrible for you. They're going to make you kill yourself. They're going to make you uh, like that new like the new Black Mirror movie where the guy jumps off the bridge. They're going to say, I legitimately, I sat in class when I was a kid and they told me that some people had, or were tripping on LSD and killed themselves, like cut their arms off because they thought that they were seeing things and whatnot. Like, that's what was being told to us by the police when they would come and brief us as kids at school. Like, the stigma is crazy. Well, like, but aren't some of those true? They may be. They may be. Well, like, if you take if you take enough shrooms, you start to hallucinate. Right, but my question is, let's really get that full story on the person that killed themselves due to the hallucinations. Like, were they also schizophrenic? I don't know. My point is simply, it's crazy how big the gap is between the reality and what people think and throughout history, how hard it was to change certain stigmas and ideas. And it goes to show, and this is what what I kind of wanted to end with is at the end of this whole thing, it's all about perception and success is also a perception and your ability to achieve your goals is a perception. So another one that is very hard for people is people to get out of the mindset of being a worker. Like, oh, I need to work a 20-year job. Let's find a career. That's that's going away. Like, get that out of your head. And if you want to do something better, you want to, you know, start your own business, it's possible. You just have to start thinking right. If uh, our mindset here on Freedom Empowered, me and Nick's mindset, it's abnormal. And in order to push an abnormal mindset, you need abnormal information. You can't just read CNN and Fox News and uh, the basics of what you see on Facebook and expect you to have some sort of next level uh, understanding of the world and and be better fueling your uh, ideas for success. It's, it's just not going to happen. You, you need to go out there and do research and find uh, the information that you need. That makes sense to you, Nick? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, it, that makes sense to me. Most of the stuff you say makes sense to me. Right. But. I just, yeah, I just, I just, there's, there's a definite, the same way that you can sit here and compare, you know, drugs and be totally mystified that, you know, what you were always told and what the assumed reality was versus what legitimate reality is, is so different you look at what you've been told about how you're supposed to live your life, how you're supposed to, you know, work, like how, just whatever it is that you were told by society, that this is how we do things. How do you know that's true? Instead of just taking it for granted, you have to, you have to be skeptical of yourself. You have to be, if, if you're just starting to think about flipping the switch and becoming um, an entrepreneur and, Start living your life how you want to live it. You have to be skeptical of yourself. You have to be, if let's say you're 21 years old and you're just starting to have these ideas. You have to be skeptical that for the last 21 years, you had ideas that weren't this. And do I even trust myself? Do I need to go back through and check everything that I think is true and everything that I, that I hold as a fact in my head 
and see if it's really true. Did did everything my parents told me, was it real? Or or is it like actually good information or is it just some shit they told me because they're my parents and they can do that? Like that's one one privilege you get as a parent. You get to create your kids in any fashion you want. But then when you're when you grow up, you need to be like, okay, is that what I want to be, or do I want to work a twenty year job in an office like they did? And I know parents pressure their kids all the time to do that, or do I want to do this? You know what I mean? Got to question everything. Question most things. I don't know. Mason's a conspiracy theorist, so he has to say question everything. But I liked what you're saying. How a lot of people just go into the mold that their parents set up for them even if it's something that they don't want. And we talked about it in in our interview today, how a lot of people, they don't really do what they want. They go for the security. They, they do something because it's easy. And then they end up never feeling fulfilled. It just, and it blows my mind. And then they, and then it's a full loop here. We did a good job again today. Congrats, Nick. This isn't, we always, we're just subconsciously picking things that go together well it's it's true you know you you end up falling into a path and then you end up being depressed and then you get hooked up on some of these drugs Dr- these drugs are crazy man they're blowing my mind like how we got 10 year old how, how young can you get put on adderall for adhd 10 years old uh i've heard so eight year olds on it holy Maybe shit younger too it's legitimately an amphetamine. It's legitimately a little brother to cocaine that they're pumping full of these kids. You know? How uninspired. How uninspiring is school? How, like, I understand the need for, like, a baseline socialization. Like, you need to you need to go to school. You need to get to know people. You need to be, like, a, like quote-unquote normal. But at the same time, we have such a rigid education system that... If everyone's the same, then how do you how do you have people that do new and great and different things? You have to teach it to yourself. And that's what this whole podcast is about, is you leave the mold. Maybe this podcast is not meant for kids. Maybe this podcast is made for people that are 18 and older. You leave the mold. You leave the institution and you come to us. We are your secondary education. You, you leave high school... Well, so what I was going to say, well, a good disclaimer to have is Mason is a four-year university graduate. So we're not just saying this as a couple of people who didn't make it to college and and are just hating on it. We're saying this because one of us actually went to four-year. I went to community college. But we're saying this from experience as well. We're like the things we learned... If you can't tell, we have the same ideas. We, we are preaching the same stuff, but I went to school for four years. He did not. And I'll tell you what, you know where I learned everything? It was after I got out of college and got into the world and started to learn. I, I learned twice as much in the year after I left college than I did in the four years I was in college. You know what I mean? And Nick is just on par with me, and he didn't go to school, so... Obviously, there's something going on here. There's something going on here. Maybe Nick's just a genius. Maybe I'm an idiot. Or maybe the things you need to be successful aren't given to you in a four-year university. Maybe they're earned and fought for on your own as you pursue your goals. Well, yeah, uh, just one last thing before we close it out. It's, uh, I think what you kind of said right there, like what you learn in your four-year degree if you want a four-year degree get it it is there is some good education out there it's not necessarily what you learn that's important it's how you use it it's do you have the mindset to actually use it and actually do something with it or are you just going to get a degree and just sit there afterwards and yeah i got a degree now i'm in debt and now i'm just sitting here you know what the worst is the worst is when someone goes to a prestigious college like an Ivy League, and then, like, that's their accomplishment. Like, oh, I went to Harvard. Like, and then they just go and, like, work some below-average job or whatever. They're like, well, I went to Harvard, and here's my class shirt and my class ring, and here's the hat. You know, let's go to to class reunions. Like, 
that wasn't you didn't accomplish the goal. You all you did was go somewhere that helped you prepare to accomplish the goal, but you thought that that was the accomplishment in and of itself, and now you're not working anymore. What's going on here? That's the funniest, to me at least. Yeah, well, that's no better than someone who wears their high school letterman jacket eight years later. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with being proud of your past accomplishments, but you got to accomplish more. Well, one thing that I believe is when it comes to bragging, you should never brag. Why? Because because what is bragging? Bragging is you you didn't achieve enough, so you have to tell people about what you achieved. If you achieved enough, you won't have to brag because other people will be like, oh my God, is that you? And you know what I mean? People will come up to you and do the bragging for you because you're so successful that people acknowledge your accomplishments. If you have to like tell people about your accomplishments, maybe you didn't accomplish enough yet. That was some deep stuff. That's poetic. I'm gonna get that on a pillow. No, but yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, sorry for the late episode, guys. I know, I know it's a little late. I got called away to uh, some some personal stuff, so we are still gonna release every Wednesday, except for this episode. Right, and if you any of you guys, I told you, if we're building a community here. So if any of you guys have something extremely interesting that you want to share with the group, you can hit us up and we'll maybe interview you and let you share your thoughts. I'd love to have a conversation with some of our listeners, you know, more than just the, 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 the emails and whatnot that we already do. I'd love to legitimately see what they think. That'd be, Mm -hmm. that'd be great. So if you want to hit us up, if not, keep listening. You are listening. We're tracking. So, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad to see that more and more people are learning and growing along with us. That's all I got. You got anything, Nick? Nope. I'm good here. All right. Thank you. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>